0: Two of Arms and the Man by George Bernard Shaw. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Arms and the Man, Act Two. The sixth of March, eighteen eighty-six. In the garden of Major Petkoff's house. It is a fine spring morning, and the garden looks fresh and pretty. Beyond the paling the tops of a couple of minarets can be seen, showing that there is a valley there, with a little town in it. A few miles further the Balkan mountains rise and shut in the view. Within the garden the side of the house is seen on the right, with a garden door reached by a little flight of steps. On the left the stable-yard, with its gateway, encroaches on the garden there are fruit bushes along the paling and house covered with washing hung out to dry a path runs by the house and rises by two steps at the corner where it turns out of the right along the front in the middle a small table with two bent wood chairs added is laid for breakfast with turkish coffee pot cups rolls etc but the cups have been used and the bread broken there is a wooden garden seat against the wall on the left Luca, smoking a cigarette is standing between the table and the house turning her back with angry disdain on a man-servant who is lecturing her he is a middle-aged man of cool temperament and low but clear and keen intelligence with the complacency of the servant who values himself on his rank in servility and the imperturbability of the accurate calculator who has no illusions he wears a white Bulgarian costume jacket, with decorated harder, sash, white knickerbockers, and decorated gaiters. His head is shaved up to the crown, giving him a high Japanese forehead. His name is Nicola.
1: Be warned in time, Luca. Mend your manners. I know the mistress. She is so grand that she never dreams that any servant could dare to be disrespectful to her. But if she once suspects that you are defying her, out you go.
2: I do defy her. I will defy her. What do I care for her?
1: If you quarrel with the family, I never can marry you. It's the same as if you quarrelled with me.
2: You take her part against me, do you?
1: Nicola, sedately. I shall always be dependent on the goodwill of the family. When I leave their service and start a shop in Sofia, their custom will be half my capital. Their bad word would ruin me.
2: You have no spirit. I should like to see them dare say a word against me. Nicola. Pityingly,
1: I should have expected more sense from you, Luca. But you're young, you're young.
2: Yes, and you like me the better for it, don't you? But I know some family secrets they wouldn't care to have told,
0: young as I am. Let them quarrel with me if they dare. Nicola, with compassionate superiority.
1: Do you know what they would do if they heard you talk like that?
0: What could they do?
1: Discharge you for untruthfulness. Who would believe any stories you told after that? Who would give you another situation? Who in this house would dare to be seen speaking to you ever again? How long would your father be left on his little farm?"
0: She impatiently throws away the end of her cigarette and stamps on it.
1: "'Child, you don't know the power such high people have over the like of you and me when we try to rise out of our poverty against them.'
0: He goes close to her and lowers his voice.
1: "'Look at me. Ten years in their service. Do you think I know no secrets? I know things about the mistress that she wouldn't have the master know for a thousand livres. I know things about him that she wouldn't let him hear the last of for six months if I blabbed them to her. I know things about Raina that would break off her match with Sergius if—
0: Luca turning on him quickly. How do you know? I never told you. Nicola opening his eyes cunningly.
1: So that's your little secret, is it? I thought it might be something like that. Well, you take my advice and be respectful. And make the mistress feel that no matter what you know or don't know, they can depend on you to hold your tongue and serve the family faithfully. That's what they like. And that's how you'll make the most out of them.
0: Luca, with searching scorn.
2: You have the soul of a servant,
0: Nicola. Nicola, complacently.
1: Yes. That's the secret of success in service.
0: A loud knocking with a whip-handle on a wooden door. Outside, on the left, is heard.
3: Hello! Hello,
0: Nicola! Master, back from the war! Nicola quickly.
1: My word for it, Luca! The war's over! Off with you and get some fresh coffee!
0: He runs out into the stable-yard. Luca, as she puts the coffee-pot and the cups upon the tray and carries it into the house,
2: You'll never put the soul of a servant into me!
0: Major Petkoff comes from the stable-yard, followed by Nikola. He is a cheerful, excitable, insignificant, unpolished man of about fifty, naturally unambitious, except as to his income and his importance in local society, but just now greatly pleased with the military rank which the war has thrust on him as a man of consequence in his town. The fever of plucky patriotism which the Serbian attack roused in all the Bulgarians has pulled him through the war, but he is obviously glad to be home again. Petkoff, pointing to the table with his whip.
1: Breakfast out here, eh? Yes, sir. The mistress and Miss Raina have just gone in.
0: Petkoff, sitting down and taking a
3: roll. Go in and say I've come, and then get me some fresh coffee.
1: It's coming, sir.
0: He goes to the house door. Luca, with fresh coffee, a clean cup, and the brandy bottle on her tray, meets him.
1: Have you told the mistress?
0: Yes, she's coming. Nicola goes into the house. Luca brings the coffee to the table.
3: Well, the Serbians haven't run away with you, have they? (laughs) No, sir. That's right. Have you brought me some cognac?
0: Luca, putting the bottle on the table.
3: Here, sir. That's
0: right. He pours some into his coffee. Catherine, who has at this early hour made only a very perfunctory toilet, and wears a Bulgarian apron over a once brilliant, but now half-worn-out red dressing-gown, and a colored handkerchief tied over her thick black hair, with Turkish slippers on her bare feet, comes from the house, looking astonishingly handsome and stately under all the circumstances. Luca goes into the house. My dear Paul, what a surprise for us! She stoops over the back of his chair to kiss him.
4: Have they brought you fresh coffee?
3: Yes. Luca's been looking after me. The war's over. The treaty was signed three days ago at Bucharest, and the decree for our army to demobilize was issued yesterday.
0: Catherine, springing erect with flashing eyes. The war over? Paul, have you let the Austrians force you to make peace? Petkoff submissively
3: my dear they didn't consult me what could i do
0: she sits down and turns away from him
3: yeah, yeah, but of course we saw to it that the treaty was an honourable one it declares peace
0: catherine outraged peace petkoff appeasing
3: her but not friendly relations remember that they wanted to put that in but i insisted on his being struck out <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what more could i do
4: You could have annexed Serbia and made Prince Alexander Emperor of the Balkans. That's what I would have done.
3: I don't doubt it in the least, my dear, but I should have had to subdue the whole Austrian Empire first, and and that would have kept me too long away from you. I missed you greatly.
0: Catherine, relenting, stretches her hand affectionately across the table to squeeze his.
3: And how have you been, my dear?
0: Oh, my usual sore throats. that's all. Petkoff with conviction.
3: That comes from washing your neck every day, I've often told you so.
0: Nonsense, Paul. Petkoff over his coffee and cigarette.
3: I don't believe in going too far with these modern customs, and all this washing can't be good for the health. This is not natural. (laughs) There was an Englishman at Philippopolis who used to wet himself all over with cold water every morning when he got up. It is disgusting. It—it all comes from the English. Their climate makes them so dirty that they have to be perpetually washing themselves. Look at my father—he never had a bath in his life. He lived to be ninety-eight. Healthiest man in Bulgaria. I, I, I don't mind a good wash once a week to keep up my position, but, but once a day this is yet caring thing to a ridiculous extreme.
4: You are a barbarian at heart still, Paul. I hope you behaved yourself before all those Russian officers.
3: I did my best. I took care to let them know we had a library.
4: Ah, but you didn't tell them that we have an electric bell in it. I have had one put up
3: what's an electric bell
4: you touch a button something tinkles in the kitchen and then nicola comes up
3: you, why not shout for him
4: civilized people never shout for their servants i've learnt that while you were away
3: well i'll tell you something i've learnt too <laughs> civilized people don't hang out their washing to dry where visitors can see it so you'd better have all that
0: indicating the clothes on the bushes
3: put somewhere else
4: Oh, that's absurd, Paul. I don't believe really refined people notice such things. Someone
0: is heard knocking at the stable gates.
3: There's Sergius. Shouting. Hello, Nikola!
0: Oh, don't shout, Paul. It really isn't nice. Bosh! He shouts louder than before. Nikola! Nikola appearing at the house door.
1: Yes, sir.
3: If that is Major sadanov bring him round this way. Yes, sir
0: he goes into the stable-yard
3: you must talk to him my dear until raina takes him off our hands he bores my life out about our not promoting him over my head mind you
4: he certainly ought to be promoted when he marries raina besides the country should insist on having at least one native general
3: yes so he could throw away whole brigades instead of regiments that's no use, my dear. He has not the slightest chance of promotion till we are quite sure that the peace will be a lasting one.
0: Nikolai at the gate, announcing
1: Major Sergius Saranoff.
0: He goes into the house and returns presently with a third chair, which he places at the table. He then withdraws. Major Sergius Saranov, the original of the portrait in the Raina's room, is a tall, romantically handsome man, with the physical hardihood, the high spirit, and the susceptible imagination of an untamed mountaineer chieftain. But his remarkable personal distinction is of a characteristically civilized type. The ridges of his eyebrows, curving with a ram's horn, twist round the marked projections at the outer corners, his jealously observant eye his nose thin keen and apprehensive in spirit of the pugnacious high bridge and large nostril his assertive chin would not be out of place in a paris salon in short the clever imaginative barbarian has an acute critical faculty which has been thrown into intense activity by the arrival of western civilization in the balkans and the result is precisely what the advent of nineteenth-century thought first produced in england to wit byronism by his brooding on the perpetual failure not only of others but of himself to live up to his imaginative ideals his consequent cynical scorn for humanity the jejune credulity as to the absolute validity of his ideals and the unworthiness of the world in disregarding them his wincings and mockeries under the sting of the petty disillusions which every hour spent among men brings to his infallibly quick observation he has acquired the half-tragic half-ironic air the mysterious moodiness the suggestion of a strange and terrible history that has left him nothing but undying remorse by which child herod fascinated the grandmothers of his english contemporaries Altogether it is clear that here or nowhere is a Raina's ideal hero. Catherine is hardly less enthusiastic, and much less reserved in showing her enthusiasm. As he enters from the stable gate, she rises effusively to greet him. Petkov is distinctly less disposed to make a fuss about him.
3: Here already, Sergius. Glad to see you.
0: My dear Sergius. She holds out both her hands sergius kissing them with scrupulous gallantry
5: my dear mother if i may call you so
0: petkoff dryly
3: mother-in-law sergius mother-in-law sit down have some coffee thank you none for me
0: he gets away from the table with a certain distaste for petkoff's enjoyment of it and posts himself with conscious grace against the rail of the steps leading to the house you look superb splendid
4: the campaign has improved you everybody here is mad about you we were all wild with enthusiasm about that magnificent cavalry charge sergius with grave
0: irony
5: madam it was the cradle and the grave of my military reputation how so i won the battle the wrong way when our worthy russian generals were losing it the right way that upset their plans and wounded their self-esteem two of their colonels got their regiments driven back on the correct principles of scientific warfare Two major generals got killed strictly according to military etiquette. Those two colonels are now major generals, and I am still a simple major.
4: You shall not remain so, Sergius. The women are on your side, and they will see that justice is done you.
5: It is too late. I have only waited for the peace to send in my resignation.
0: Petkoff, dropping his cup in his amazement. Your resignation? Oh, you must withdraw it sergius with resolute measured emphasis folding his arms
5: i never withdraw
0: petkoff vexed
3: now who could have supposed you were going to do such a thing
0: sergius with fire
5: every one that knew me but enough of myself and my affairs how is raina and where is raina
0: raina suddenly coming round the corner of the house and standing at the top of the steps in the path raina is here she makes a charming picture as they all turn to look at her. She wears an underdress of pale green silk, draped with an overdress of thin ecru canvas embroidered with gold. On her head she wears a pretty Phrygian cap of gold tinsel. Sergius, with an exclamation of pleasure, goes impulsively to meet her. She stretches out her hand, he drops chivalrously on one knee, and kisses it. Petkoff aside to Catherine, beaming with parental pride.
3: Pretty, isn't it? She always appears at the right moment.
0: Catherine, impatiently. Yes, she listens for it. It is an abominable habit. Sergius leads Raina forward with splendid gallantry, as if she were a queen. When they come to the table, she turns to him with a bend of the head. He bows, and thus they separate, he coming to his place, and she going behind her father's chair. Raina, stooping and kissing her father.
6: Dear father
0: welcome home petkoff patting her cheek
3: my little pet girl
0: he kisses her she goes to the chair left by Nicola for sergius and sits down
4: and so you're no longer a soldier sergius
5: i am no longer a soldier soldiering my dear madam is the coward's art of attacking mercilessly when you are strong and keeping out of harm's way when you are weak that is the whole secret of successful fighting get your enemy at a disadvantage and never, on any account, fight him on equal terms. Eh, Major?
3: They wouldn't let us make a fair stand-up fight of it. However, I suppose soldiering has to be a trade, like any other trade.
5: Precisely. But I have no ambition to succeed as a tradesman, so I have taken the advice of that bagman of a captain that settled the exchange of prisoners with us at Pierrot, and given it up.
3: What, that Swiss fellow? Sergius, I have often thought of that exchange since. He overreached us about those horses.
5: Of course he overreached us. His father was a hotel and livery stable-keeper, and he owed his first step to his knowledge of horse dealing.
0: With mock enthusiasm.
5: Ah, he was a soldier, every inch a soldier. If only I had bought the horses for my regiment, instead of foolishly leading it into danger, I should have been a field-marshal now.
4: A Swiss— what was he doing in the Servian army?
3: Oh, volunteer, of course. Keen on picking up his profession. <laughs> we shouldn't have been able to begin fighting if those foreigners hadn't shown us how to do it. <laughs> we knew nothing about it. Neither did the Servians. God, there'd been no war without them.
6: Are there many Swiss officers in the Servian army?
3: No, all Austrians, just as our officers were all Russians. That's the only Swiss I came across. I'll never trust a Swiss again. He cheated us humbugged us into giving him fifty able-bodied men for two hundred confounded worn-out charges they weren't even eatable
5: we were two children in the hands of that consummate soldier major simply two innocent little children
3: what was he like
4: oh raina what a silly question
5: he was like a commercial traveller in uniform bourgeois to his boots
0: Petkov grinning
3: Sir, yes. "'Tell Catherine that queer story his friend told us about him, "'how he escaped after Slibnitsa. remember? "'About his being hid by two women?' Sergius, with bitter irony.
5: "'Oh, yes, quite a romance. "'He was serving in the very battery I so unprofessionally charged. "'Being a thorough soldier, he ran away like the rest of them, "'with our cavalry at his heels.' To escape their attentions he had the good taste to take refuge in the chamber of some patriotic young Bulgarian lady. The young lady was enchanted by his persuasive commercial traveller's manners. She very modestly entertained him for an hour or so, and then called in her mother, lest her conduct should appear unmaidenly. The old lady was equally fascinated, and the fugitive was sent on his way in the morning, disguised in an old coat belonging to the master of the house, who was away at the war.
0: RAINA, RISING WITH MARKED STATELINESS.
6: Your life in the camp has made you coarse, Sergius. I did not think you would have repeated such a story before me. She turns away
0: coldly. Catherine, also rising.
4: She is right, Sergius. If such women exist, we should be spared the knowledge of them. Pooh,
3: Nonsense! What does it matter?
0: Sergius, ashamed.
5: No, Petkoff. I was wrong.
0: To RAINA, WITH EARNEST HUMILITY.
5: I beg your pardon. I have behaved abominably. Forgive me, Raina.
0: She bows reservedly.
5: And you too, madam.
0: Catherine bows graciously and sits down. He proceeds solemnly, again addressing Raina.
5: The glimpses I have had of the seamy side of life during the last few months have made me cynical. But I should not have brought my cynicism here, least of all into your presence, Raina.
3: I—
0: here, turning to the others, he is evidently about to begin a long speech when the major interrupts him.
3: Stuff and nonsense, Sergius. That's quite enough fuss about nothing. A soldier's daughter should be able to stand up without flinching to a little strong conversation.
0: He rises.
3: Come, time for us to get to business. We have to make up our minds how those three regiments are to get back to Philippopolis. There's no forage for them on the Sofia route.
0: He goes towards the house. Come along. Sergius is about to follow him when Catherine rises and intervenes. Oh, Paul, can't
4: you spare Sergius for a few moments? Raina has hardly seen him yet. Perhaps I can help you to settle about the regiments. Sergius protesting.
5: My dear madam,
0: impossible! You— Catherine stopping him playfully.
4: You stay here, my dear Sergius. There's no hurry. I have a word or two to say to Paul. Sergius instantly bows and
3: steps back.
0: Now, dear. Taking Petkoff's arm— Come and see the electric bell.
3: Oh, very well, (laughs) very well.
0: They go into the house together affectionately. Sergius, left alone with Raina, looks anxiously at her, fearing that she may be still offended. She smiles and stretches out her arms to him. Sergius, hastening to her, but refraining from touching her without express permission.
5: Am I forgiven?
0: Raina, placing her hands on his shoulder, as she looks up at him with admiration and worship. My
6: hero, my king.
0: My queen. He kisses her on the forehead with holy awe.
6: How I have envied you, Sergius. You have been out in the world, on the field of battle, able to prove yourself there worthy of any woman in the world, whilst I have had to sit at home inactive, dreaming, useless, doing nothing that could give me the right to call myself worthy of any man.
5: Dearest, all my deeds have been yours. You inspired me. I have gone through the war like a knight in a tournament with his lady looking on at him.
6: And you have never been absent from my thoughts for a moment. Very solemnly. Sergius, I think we two have found the higher love. When I think of you, I feel that I could never
0: do a base deed, or think an ignoble thought.
5: My lady and my saint!
0: Clasping her reverently, Raina returning his embrace. My lord, and my—
5: Let me be the worshipper, dear. You little know how unworthy even the best man is of a girl's pure passion.
0: I trust you.
6: I love you. You will never disappoint me, Sergius.
0: Luca is heard singing within the house. They quickly release each
6: other. Hush! I can't pretend to talk indifferently before her. My heart
0: is too full. Luca comes from the house with her tray she goes to the table and begins to clear it with her back turned to them i will go and get my hat
6: and then we can go out until lunch time wouldn't you like that
5: be quick if you are away five minutes it will seem five hours
0: raina runs to the top of the steps and turns there to exchange a look with him and wave him a kiss with both hands He looks after her with emotion for a moment, then turns slowly away, his face radiant with the exaltation of the scene which has just passed. The movement shifts his field of vision, into the corner of which there now comes the tail of Luca's double apron. His eye gleams at once. He takes a stealthy look at her, and begins to twirl his moustache nervously, with his left hand akimbo on his hip. Finally, striking the ground with his heels in something of a cavalry swagger, he strolls over to the left of the table, opposite her, and says,
5: Luca, do you know what the higher love is?
0: Luca, astonished. No, sir.
5: Very fatiguing thing to keep up for any length of time, Luca. One feels the need of some relief after it.
0: Luca, innocently. Perhaps you would like some coffee, sir? She stretches her hand across the table for the coffee-pot. Sergius, taking her hand.
5: Thank you, Luca.
0: Luca, pretending to pull. Oh, sir, you know I didn't mean that. I'm surprised at you. Sergius, coming clear of the table, and drawing her with him.
5: I am surprised at myself, Luca. What would Sergius, the hero of Slivnitsa, say if he saw me now? What would Sergius... The apostle of higher love, say, if he saw me now. What would the half-dozen Sergiuses who keep popping in and out of this handsome figure of mine say if they caught us here?
0: Letting go of her hand and slipping his arm dexterously round her waist.
5: Do you consider my figure handsome, Luca?
0: Let me go, sir, I shall be disgraced. She struggles. He holds her inexorably. Oh, will you let go? Sergius, looking straight into her eyes. No. Then stand back where we can't be seen. Have you no common sense?
5: Ah, that's reasonable.
0: He takes her into the stable-yard gateway, where they are hidden from the house. Luca complaining.
2: I may have been seen from the windows. Miss Raina is sure to be spying about after you. Sergius stung,
0: letting her go.
5: Take care, Luca. I may be worthless enough to betray the higher love, but do not you insult it.
0: Luca demurely
2: not for the world sir i'm sure may i go on with my work please now sergius
0: again putting his arm round her
5: you are a provoking little witch luca if you were in love with me would you spy out of windows on me
0: well you
2: see sir since you say you are half a dozen different gentlemen all at once i should have a great
0: deal to look after sergius charmed
5: witty as well as pretty
0: he tries to kiss her luca avoiding him
2: No, I don't want your kisses. Gentlefolk are all alike. You making love to me behind Miss Raina's back, and she doing the same behind yours.
0: Sergius recoiling a step. Luca! It shows how little you really care. Sergius dropping his familiarity, and speaking with freezing politeness.
5: If our conversation is to continue, Luca, you will please remember that a gentleman does not discuss the conduct of the lady he is engaged to with her maid.
2: It's so hard to know what a gentleman considers right. I thought from your trying to kiss me that you had given up being so particular.
0: Sergius turning from her and striking his forehead as he comes back into the garden from the gateway.
5: Devil! Devil! Ha!
0: Ha! I
2: expect one of the six of you is very like me, sir, though I am only Miss Raina's maid.
0: She goes back to her work at the table, taking no further notice of him. Sergius speaking to himself.
5: Which of the six is the real man? That's the question that torments me. One of them is a hero, another a buffoon, another a humbug, another perhaps a bit of a blackguard.
0: He pauses and looks furtively at Luca as he adds with deep bitterness
5: and one at least is a coward, jealous like all cowards.
0: He goes to the table,
5: Luca, yes, who is my rival?
2: You shall never get that out of me for love or money." Why? Never mind why. Besides, you would tell that I told you,
0: and I should lose my place. Sergius, holding out his right hand in affirmation.
5: No, on the honor of a.
0: He checks himself, and his hand drops nerveless as he concludes sardonically,
5: "Of a man capable of behaving as I have been behaving for the last five minutes, who is he?"
0: I don't know.
2: I never saw him. I only heard his voice through the door of her room
5: damnation
0: how dare you luca retreating
2: oh i mean no harm you've no right to take up my words like that the mistress knows all about it and i tell you that if that gentleman ever comes here again miss raina will marry him whether he likes it or not i know the difference between the sort of manner you and she put on before one another and
0: the real manner sergius shivers as if she had stabbed him then setting his face like iron He strides grimly to her, and grips her above the elbows with both hands.
5: "'Now listen you to me,'
0: Luca, wincing. "'Not so tight! You're hurting me!'
5: "'That doesn't matter. You have stained my honour by making me a party to your eavesdropping, and you have betrayed your mistress!'
0: Luca, writhing. "'Please!'
5: "'That shows that you are an abominable little clot of common clay, with the soul of a servant!'
0: he lets her go as if she were an unclean thing and turns away dusting his hands off her to the bench by the wall where he sits down with averted head meditating gloomily luca whimpering angrily with her hands up her sleeves feeling her bruised arms you know
2: how to hurt with your tongue as well as with your hands but i don't care now i've found out that whatever clay i'm made of you're made of the same as for her she's a liar and her fine
0: airs are a cheat and i'm worth six of her She shakes the pain off hardily, tosses her head, and sets to work to put the things on the tray. He looks doubtfully at her once or twice. She finishes packing the tray and laps the cloth over the edges, so as to carry all out together. As she stoops to lift it, he rises. Luca. She stops and looks defiantly at him with the tray in her hands.
5: A gentleman has no right to hurt a woman under any circumstances
0: with profound humility, uncovering his head.
5: I beg your pardon.
0: That sort of apology may satisfy a lady. Of what use is it to a servant? Sergius, thus rudely crossed in his chivalry, throws it off with a bitter laugh, and says slightingly,
5: Oh, you wish to be paid for the hurt?
0: He puts on his shako and takes some money from his pocket. Luca, her eyes filling with tears in spite of herself.
2: No, I want my hurt
0: made well sergius sobered by her tone how she rolls up her left sleeve clasps her arm with the thumb and fingers of her right hand and looks down at the bruise then she raises her head and looks straight at him finally with a superb gesture she presents her arm to be kissed amazed he looks at her at the arm at her again hesitates and then with shuddering intensity exclaims never and gets away as far as possible from her her arm drops without a word and with unaffected dignity she takes her tray and is approaching the house when the raina returns wearing a hat and jacket in the height of the vienna fashion of the previous year eighteen eighty-five, luca makes way proudly for her and then goes into the house i'm ready what's the matter gaily have you been flirting with luca Sergius hastily.
5: No, no, how could you think such a thing?
0: Raina, ashamed of herself.
6: Forgive me, dear. It was only a jest.
0: I am so happy today. He goes quickly to her and kisses her hand remorsefully. Catherine comes out and talks to them from the top of the steps. Catherine, coming down to them.
4: I am sorry to disturb you children, but Paul is distracted over those three regiments. He does not know how to get them to Philippopolis, and he objects to every suggestion of mine. You must go and help him, Sergius. He is in the library. Raina,
0: disappointed. But we are just going out for a walk.
5: I shall not be long. Wait for me just five minutes.
0: He runs up the steps to the door. Reina, following him to the foot of the steps, and looking up at him with timid coquetry.
6: I shall go round and wait in full view of the library windows. Be sure you draw father's attention to me. If you are a moment longer than five minutes, I shall go in and fetch you, regiments or no regiments. Sergius,
0: laughing.
5: (laughs) Very well.
0: He goes in. Raina watches him until he is out of her sight. Then, with a perceptible relaxation of manner, she begins to pace up and down about the garden in a brown study. Imagine their meeting that Swiss and hearing the whole story.
4: The very first thing your father asked for was the old coat we sent him off in. A nice
0: mess you have got us into. Raina, gazing thoughtfully at the gravel as she walks. The little beast! Little beast! What little beast? To go
6: and tell! Oh, if I had him here, I'd stuff him with chocolate creams till he couldn't ever speak again. Don't talk nonsense. Tell me the truth, Raina. "'How
0: long was he in your room before you came to me?' "'Raina, whisking round, and recommencing her march in the opposite direction. "'Oh, I
6: forget.'
0: "'You cannot forget.
4: Did he really climb up after the soldiers were gone, or was he there when that officer searched the
6: room?' "'No. Yes. I think he must have been there then.' "'You think? Oh, Raina, Raina, will anything
4: ever make you straightforward?' "'If Sergius finds out, it is all over between you.'
6: "'Reina, with cold
0: impertinence. "'Oh,
6: I know Sergius is your pet. "'I sometimes wish you could marry him instead of me. "'You would just suit him. "'You would pet him, and spoil him, and mother him to perfection.' Catherine, opening
0: her eyes very widely, indeed. "'Well, upon my word!' "'Reina, capriciously, half to herself.' I always feel a longing to do or say something
6: dreadful to him, to shock his propriety, to scandalize the five senses out of him. To Catherine perversely, I don't care whether he finds out about the chocolate-cream soldier or not.
0: I half hope he may. She again turns flippantly away and strolls up the path to the corner of the house.
4: And what should I be able to say to
0: your father, pray? Raina, over her shoulder, from the top of the two steps. Oh, poor father! as if he could help himself she turns the corner and passes out of sight catherine looking after her her fingers itching oh if he were only ten years younger Luca comes from the house with a salver which she carries hanging down by her side well
2: there's a gentleman just called madam a servian officer
0: catherine flaming a servian how
2: dare he oh, i forgot we are
4: at peace now "'I suppose we shall have them calling every day to pay their compliments. "'Well, if he is an officer, why don't you tell your master? "'He is in the library with Major Saranoff. "'Why do you come to me?'
2: "'But he asks for you, madam, and I don't think he knows who you are. "'He said the lady of the house. "'He gave me this little ticket for you.'
0: She takes a card out of her bosom, puts it on the salver, and offers it to Catherine. Catherine reading, "'Captain Blunschli. "'That's a German name.' "'Swiss,
4: madam,
2: I think.'
0: Catherine, with a bound that makes Luca jump back.
2: "'Swiss! What is he like?'
0: Luca, timidly.
2: "'He has a big
4: carpet-bag, madam.' "'Oh, heavens! He's come to return the coat. Send him away. Say we're not at home. Ask him to leave his address, and I'll write to him. Oh, stop! That will never do. Wait!' She
0: throws herself into a chair to think it out. Luca waits.
4: "'The master and Major Saranoff are busy in the library, aren't they?' "'Yes, madam.' "'Bring the gentleman out here at once and be very polite to him. Don't delay. Here.' Impatiently snatching the salver from her. "'Leave that here, and go straight back to him.' "'Yes, madam.' "'Going.' "'Luca.'
0: "'Luca stopping.'
4: "'Yes, madam.' "'Is the library door shut?' "'I think so, madam.' "'If not, shut it as you pass through.' "'Yes, madam.' "'Going.' "'Stop.' "'Luca stops.' "'He will have to go out that way.' "'Indicating
0: the gate of the stable-yard.
4: "'Tell Nicola to bring his bag here after him. Don't forget.'
0: Luca surprised. His bag? Yes, here, as soon as possible. Be quick. Luca runs into the house. Catherine snatches her apron off and throws it behind a bush. She then takes up the salver and uses it as a mirror, with the result that the handkerchief tied round her head follows the apron. A touch to her hair and a shake to her dressing-gown makes her presentable.
4: Oh, how,
0: how, how can a man be such a fool, such a moment to select? Luca appears at the door of the house, announcing Captain Bluntschli, and standing aside at the top of the steps to let him pass before she goes in again. He is the man of the adventure in the Raina's room. He is now clean, well-brushed, smartly uniformed, and out of trouble, but still unmistakably the same man. The moment Luca's back is turned, Catherine swoops on him with hurried, urgent, coaxing appeal. "'Captain Blunchley, I am very glad to
4: see you, but you must leave this house at once.' He raises his eyebrows. "'My husband has just returned with my future son-in-law, and they know nothing. If they did, the consequences would be terrible. You are a foreigner. You do not feel our national animosities as we do. We still hate the Servians. The only effect of the peace on my husband is to make him feel like a lion balked of his prey. If he discovered our secret, he would never forgive me, and my daughter's life would hardly be safe.' "'Will you, like the chivalrous gentleman and soldier you are, leave at once before he finds you here?'
0: Blanchly, disappointed, but philosophical, "'At once, gracious lady. I only came to thank you and return the coat you lent me. If you will allow me to take it out of my bag and leave it with your servant as I pass out, I need detain you no further.' He turns to go into the house, Catherine, catching him by the sleeve, "'Oh, you must not think of going back that
4: way!' coaxing him
0: across to the stable-gates
4: this is the shortest way out many thanks so glad to have been of service to you good-bye
0: but my bag?
4: it will be sent on you will leave me your address mm,
0: true allow me he takes out his card-case and stops to write his address keeping catherine in an agony of impatience as he hands her the card petkoff hatless rushes from the house in a fluster of hospitality followed by sergius petkoff as he hurries down the steps my dear captain Blunchley, oh heavens she sinks on the seat against the wall petkoff too preoccupied to notice her as he shakes Blunchley's hand heartily
3: those stupid people of mine thought i was out here instead of in the (coughs) library
0: he cannot mention the library without betraying how proud he is of it
3: i saw you through the window i was wondering why you didn't come in Saranoff is with me you remember him don't you
0: sergius saluting humorously and then offering his hand with great charm of manner
5: welcome our friend the enemy
3: no longer the enemy heavily
0: <laughs> rather anxiously
3: i i hope you've come as a as a friend and not on business
0: oh quite as a friend
4: paul i was just asking captain Blunchley to stay to lunch but he declares he must go at
0: once sergius sardonically
5: impossible Blunchley. we want you here badly we have to send on three cavalry regiments to Philippopolis, and we don't in the least know how to do it.
0: Blanchly, suddenly attentive and businesslike. Philippopolis, hmm. The forage is the trouble, eh? Petkov eagerly.
3: Yes, that's it.
0: To Sergius.
3: He sees the whole thing at once.
0: I think I can show you how to manage that.
5: Invaluable man! Come along!
0: Towering over Blunchley, he puts his hand on his shoulder and takes him to the steps, Petkoff following. As Blunchley puts his foot on the first step, Raina comes out of the house. Raina, completely losing her presence of mind. Oh, the chocolate-cream soldier! Blanchley stands rigid. Sergius, amazed, looks at Raina, then at Petkoff, who looks back at him and then at his wife. Catherine, with commanding presence of mind.
4: My dear Raina, don't you see that we have a guest here? Captain Blunchley, one of our new
0: Servian friends. Raina bows. Blunchley bows. Oh, how silly of me! She comes down into the centre of the group, between Blunchley and
6: Petkoff. I made a beautiful ornament this morning for the ice pudding, and that stupid Nikola has just put down a pile of plates on it and spoiled it. To Blunchley, winningly. I hope you didn't think that you were the chocolate-cream soldier,
0: Captain Blunchley. Ha-ha! <laughs> I assure you, I did. Stealing a whimsical glance at her.
3: Your explanation was a relief.
0: Petkoff suspiciously to Raina.
3: And since when, pray, have you taken to cooking?
4: Oh, whilst you were away. It is her latest fancy. Petkoff
3: hastily and has nicola taken to drinking he used to be careful enough first he shows captain Blunchley out here when he knew quite well i was in the <laughs> library and then he goes downstairs and breaks raina's chocolate soldier he must
0: at this moment nicola appears at the top of the steps right with a carpet-bag he descends places it respectfully before Blunchley, and waits for further orders general amazement nicola unconscious of the effect he is producing looks perfectly satisfied with himself when petkoff recovers his power of speech he breaks out at him with are you mad nicola nicola taken
1: aback sir
0: what have you brought that for
1: my lady's orders sir Luca told me that catherine interrupting him
4: my orders why should i order you to bring captain bluntschli's luggage out here what are you thinking
0: of nicola nicola after a moment's bewilderment picking up the bag as he addresses blanchly with the very perfection of servile discretion
1: i beg your pardon sir i am sure to catherine my fault madam i hope you'll overlook it
0: he bows and is going to the steps with the bag when petkoff addresses him angrily
3: you'd better go and slam that bag too down on miss raina's ice pudding
0: this is too much for nicola the bag drops from his hands on Petkov's corns, electing a roar of anguish from him. You'll oh,
3: be gone, you buttered-fingered donkey!
0: Nikola, snatching up the bag and escaping into the house. Yes, sir. Oh, never mind, Paul, don't be angry. Petkov muttering.
3: Scoundrel! Got out of hand while I was away. I'll teach him.
0: Recollecting his guest
3: oh well never mind come Blunchley. let's have no more nonsense about you having to go away you know very well you're not going back to switzerland yet until you do go back you'll stay with us
6: oh do captain
3: Blunchley. now catherine it's of you that he's afraid press him and he'll stay
4: of course i shall be only too delighted if captain Blunchley really wishes to stay he knows my wishes Bluntschli IN HIS
0: DRIEST MILITARY MANNER.
5: I am at madame's orders. That settles it. Of
0: course. You see, you must stay. bluntschli SMILING. Well, if I must, I must. Gesture of despair from Catherine. End of Act Two